On this episode of the Evangelist Podcast, we're continuing our series looking at difficult questions that crop up when we discuss Jesus. On this episode, we're thinking about what about the Old Testament? The Evangelist Podcast from Revival. Find out what's new in telling people the good news about God, the world and you with Andy Brinkley and Glenn Scrivener. Welcome back to the Evangelist Podcast and this time we're looking at what about the Old Testament, Glenn? Yeah. Uh, so, what about the Old Testament? What about the Old Testament? <laughs> yeah, how, how does this question get asked? I think often it gets asked um, when, quite rightly, in evangelism, you are obsessed about Jesus, everything you're saying is about Jesus, every question they answer, you give the answer Jesus, and they go, fine, whatever, but didn't he crop up 2,000 years ago in some backwater of a long-dead empire? Um, you know, what about you know what about everything from the history yeah. of the universe up until, you know, 4 BC? Where did Jesus spring from? Where did he spring from? You know, is it, is it basically that Jesus has been, you know, on the sidelines as a substitute? You know, we talk about mm. Jesus being a substitute. Is he like a football substitute mm. who's kind of been on the bench until the last 20 minutes of the game? <laughs> and sure, he comes onto the pitch and he scores the winner, but where's he come from? Yeah. What's he been doing? Has he been twiddling his celestial thumbs all this time? or? <laughs> You know, has has God just sort of pointed his big finger down at all of humanity and said, "Oh, I reckon Jesus, he'll he'll be my son." Um, I th- I think this this question often crops up um, for me when I'm doing evangelism, and uh, and one of the things I I, I do is is first of all because usually we've been talking about the gospels and that kind of thing, and we just think about some of the things that Jesus says. So um, in uh, John chapter seventeen. Uh, just before Jesus dies, he's praying, and uh, and and he talks in John chapter seventeen verse five uh, about uh, the existence he had with his father before the world began, mm. before the world existed. So this Jesus of Nazareth, he seems to think he's very old, and he goes on in John seventeen to talk about how before the world began, the Father has been loving me. Okay, mm. so he thinks that the Father has always been loving him from before the world began. You know, whenever whenever he talks about you know Abraham, like in in John eight, he keeps talking about how great it was when they met two thousand years ago. Yeah. And when he talks about um, you know Moses, he says all all that Moses ever wrote was about me, John chapter five. <laughs> or in John chapter twelve, it's like you know Isaiah in the temple in seven hundred BC, he saw the Lord, and it's like yeah yeah he saw Jesus. Mm. Um, you know, he he can't look at Jerusalem without lamenting the way that they've been treating him for the last thousand years. <laughs> you know, he's like, I keep sending you these prophets and you keep stoning them. You're like, well, who do you think you are, Jesus? Yeah. Well, he's the one who was there in the beginning. So can you point us to sort of a few scriptures where uh, Jesus... Is it shows up in the Old Testament? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the beginning of John's Gospel, gospel um, actually flags this up for us. John's Gospel begins, in the beginning. And, and he's making us sort of turn back to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. And where John said, in the beginning was the Word, and through the Word all things came. Well, you start reading Genesis, and, and what do you see? But, but through the Word, and God said, everything came. Uh, you, you look at Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then it's the Word of God that actually creates all things. Mm. And you get to the end of Genesis 1 and you, and you, go, you get, let us make humanity in our own image, mm. says the persons of the Trinity. And then you, in chapter 2 of Genesis, um, you get 
this zoom in onto the Garden of Eden, where the Lord God is very hands-on and, and creates Adam from, from the dust of the ground. And as, as you read these kinds of verses, a great verse to have in mind is John chapter 1, verse 18, mm. which says, No one has ever seen God, but God the Son, who is at the Father's side, has always been making him known. Mm. No one has ever seen God the Father, but God the Son has made him known. Mm. So when you, when you read about this walking, talking, visible Lord, who are you talking about? Mm. You know, you're talking about Jesus. So Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, he comes for a walk in the garden at the cool of the day. Who is this talking about? Flick on to, to Genesis chapter 15. And, and with John's words ringing in our, in our ears, Genesis 15 verse 1, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. And he said, the word of the Lord says things. Mm. He says, don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield, your very great reward. Uh, And then in verse 4, the word of the Lord came to him saying, and then he says some stuff. And then verse 5, he, the word of the Lord, took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars. So you've got this person who is the word of the Lord, and he is the Lord. He's got stuff to say. He mm. takes Abraham outside, shows him, you know, shows him the stars. And then Abraham believes this Lord, mm. and it's credited to him as righteousness. Mm. So Abraham trusts in, well, who is this Lord? He's the Lord who is from the Lord. You know, and, and, and the Nicene Creed says Jesus is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Here is this Lord who is from the Lord, who is the word of the Lord, who takes Abraham outside. And, and, and so you get, you get to see that Jesus is this sort of... Uh, visible, um, hands-on, present Lord with the people, so that when he shows up, when he shows up, uh, you know, 2,000 years after Abraham's time, Mm. uh, and he said, you know, Abraham, rejoice to see my day. He saw it and he was really glad. Um, He's just telling the absolute honest truth. Uh, it's, It's always been Jesus who's been the Lord who deals with his people and mediates the business of God Most High. It's always been Jesus. Mm. So here we are in uh, 2013, Mm. and we are looking to Jesus as the cornerstone of our faith. And they, 4,000 years ago, you're saying that they also looked to Jesus. They looked to Jesus, the Jesus they knew then, and also the Jesus that they they knew would take flesh Mm. in the fullness of time. So, you know, Martin Luther used to say, you know, our faith is in the same Jesus. We just yeah. look back at Jesus. They looked um, yeah. to the coming of Jesus, which was yet future. But we both, we, you know, we both know Jesus and look forward to Jesus. And, and one of the things that really um, has built my faith amazingly when I, when I first saw it, and I've seen lots of other people um, be, become, uh, well, certainly have their eyes open to the wonders of the Bible a lot more when they say it is in Genesis 22, um, it's the famous incident of uh, of God testing Abraham, and you know, mm. will you will you sacrifice your son? Mm. And uh, and and just when you take the details seriously, you see how the scripture is just full of Jesus. Um, Genesis twenty two verse one, God uh, tested Abraham, saying to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Mm. And go and sacrifice him. And you think, oh, th- those words, your son, your only son who you love. Yeah. And of course, you know, Abraham actually has Ishmael mm. as well. 
but uh, he's, he's saying, no, not that child, not the child of the slave, not the child of human effort, the child of the promise, your son, your only son, who you love. Go to the region of Moriah. Mount Moriah mm. is where they built the temple. Mount mm. Moriah is Jerusalem. So take him to a mountain in the region of Jerusalem. <laughs> sacrifice your son, your only son, whom you love. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering, yeah. which is a sacrifice of atonement in the Old Testament. Early next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Hebrews 11 picks up on that and said, yeah, because Abraham ends up you know, experiencing a resurrection. He gets his son mm. back mm. Um, on the third day. Verse 5 Abraham says to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Mm. That's what Hebrews is picking up on. That he has, he has you know, faith that God can raise the, the son of promise mm. from the dead. I love this detail. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife and they climbed the hill. Mm-hmm. So what's, you know, just picture the scene. What's, I, what's Isaac got on his back? Yeah. You know, the wood and he's got the fire and the knife, the tools of judgment. The father has the tools of judgment. The yeah. son is carrying the wood on his back up the hill. As the two of them go on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Mm. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb. For the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. God himself will provide the lamb. Mm. Verse 9, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built the, the altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, do a study on the angel of the Lord. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating as, as we're talking about Christ in the Old Testament. Again, he is one who is of the Lord, and he is the Lord, and he's the sent one of the Lord. You know, it's, you know, it's Christ. Um, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he, ca- he saw a ram caught by its horns. A ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So here's the summary verse, verse 14. Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Mm. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And you think, what will be provided? The lamb will be provided... Um, on this occasion, it was just the ram, but on one day, the Lamb of God will be provided who will be the true sacrifice of atonement. Mm. He'll be the true beloved son. Mm. He'll be the true son of promise. He'll be provided, and they knew even the mountain on which it would be offered. Mm. This mountain, this very mountain, um, in the region of Jerusalem, th- those things would, would take place. God will provide the Lamb. So not only did they have you know, Jesus... Before he became man, before he became flesh, they, they, they had the presence of Christ, but they also had the promise of Christ. Um, and so in the Old Testament is not a Christless book. It's not as though sort of three quarters of the Bible is Christless. Yeah. And then Jesus comes here. It's absolutely saturated with Jesus. And what you get to see in the Old Testament is the preparation for Jesus. Yeah. 
because if Jesus just showed up in in you know in the year naught, and and then went on to die on a cross, on a on a mountain in the region of Jerusalem, what would that mean to people? You know, it, it wouldn't really mean anything to people. It would ju- it would just be well, that's an interesting gesture. Mm. But with the Old Testament in view, you go, oh, it's a sacrifice mm. of atonement. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. And, and so the Old Testament is that preparation for, for the, the incarnate work of Jesus. And it just shows really that, you know, it's not just something that God did very quickly and, and yeah. brought Christ. He prepared yes. a long time beforehand yes. for the coming of yes. Christ. And his plan was there right from the beginning. And yeah, and, and his plan is on record as it unfolds. And you can go back and you can see the promises building up and building mm. up and building up. Um, and there's a, there's a great book by um, Walter Kaiser called Messiah in the Old Testament. And he, he just goes through uh, about 60 or 70 um, Old Testament prophecies mm. of Christ and the way that the promise was being developed and and focused and, and, and various aspects of Christ's work and ministry were being developed in these promises. And just it's a real faith builder. Mm. So when people sort of say, what about the Old Testament? You should rub your hands together with glee and say, well, fantastic. Let's let's go back and have a look. Yeah. Because I, I think that seeing the way the Bible fits together and interprets itself and fulfills itself yeah. um, is one of the great evidences for, for the truth of it. So it's obviously very clear that uh, Jesus uh, appears in the Old Testament way before mm. the, he, he does in the New Testament, if you like. Yeah. And I, I think he, he sort of appears in three different ways, sort of three Ps. Um, I'm a preacher, so I've got to deal in three Ps. He, <laughs> he is present. You know, who is the one walking in the garden in the cool of the day? He, he is present. Um, he's also pictured. So he's pictured in things like the temple. Um, in the sacrifices, in the priests, in the kings, he's mm. he's pictured in in all these kinds of types and signs of of, of what he will do, and he's also promised all these uh, clear promises of what the Lamb of God will do when it when he comes again. So yeah, the Old Testament is not at all um, absent of Christ; uh, it's full of Christ, His presence, His pictures, and His promises. Mm. Okay, very good. Well, we better leave it there, Glenn. Um, on your blog, there's uh, you've done a number of studies about Christ in the yeah. Old Testament. Yeah, there's 13 posts collected together on Christ in the Old Testament. So, so we'll we'll give a link to that in the show notes. And uh, the web address for this episode will be uh, revivalmedia.org/tep14. Thanks very much for listening for this week. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Evangelist podcast. I hope you like listening each week. If so, we'd really appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. This helps us to get viewed more times in the iTunes store. It's very easy. We've got a link that forwards to the podcast page on iTunes. Just go to revivalmedia.org slash iTunes. That takes you directly to the page where you can do so. We'd be very grateful if you did. And you can also comment on this episode if you've got any questions or if you've got any comments you can leave a message on this show's web address. That's revivalmedia.org slash TEP14.